Hello and welcome to another episode of ESG Out Loud. I am your host, Natasha Turner, the Global Editor of ESG Clarity. And today I am delighted to be joined by Trevor Williams, the former Chief Economist at Lloyds Bank Commercial Banking and guest speaker at our Responsible Pathway event last month. So you can read a write-up of Trevor's speech on our sister publication, Portfolio Advisor. Um, But today we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, Evidently, for our audience, the kind of uh, ESG side of things, which I know uh, Trevor's done a lot on as well. So, thanks for joining us, first of all, Trevor. Great to great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much indeed for the invite, Natasha. Happy to be here. When you were kind of talking to advisors and some of the audience at at the event afterwards, I mean, were there considering it was uh, you know responsible investment themed? Were there conversations about that? area that were coming up what was your kind of um takeaways from that event yeah i mean i think the conference itself uh was clearly focused on as you said responsible um uh, participation in society investment etc esg quite rightly uh i thought that the um the key questions that were coming up was for me were around the definitions of esg right and what is it how do you measure it uh, because clearly um, there was a lot of discussion at the moment around making sure that this uh, approach is one which is actually having its intended effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it, it seems to have lack of clarity, uh, there wasn't enough focus on what it actually means. So that's what my sense of what was coming back, that people were really wanting to know with clarity what is responsible uh, and how should you measure it and, and what direction should you be going in? And I think it's really, really simple. Um, it should be about uh, the end. Is there carbon reduction going on? And if there isn't, then it isn't really um, the uh, environmental bit uh, of the ESG. And I think that, so that's, that's the other thing that we should split out E from the S from the G, as it mm-hmm. were. Yeah. Um, almost rhymes. Um, so, I mean, social and governance, mm, well, okay, um, great, but what's the environmental bit? Is it is it about carbon and is it about carbon reduction technologies? Is it about clean economy, i.e. fossil fuel free, so that we're not adding to the carbon that's already built up, which is already going to have the effects that uh, we are beginning to see anyway. So, look, you know, this is about mitigation and adaptation. Mm-hmm. I feel like what you're saying now, it's reminding me of that piece in The Economist a little while ago that that kind of, I think it made a similar argument, right? It sort of said, ESG, let's call it just carbon reduction, and then we can move on or move, talk about other things. On it. But it caused a bit of a, a stir, that piece, for, for the ESG kind of investment community. Um, it's not an uncontroversial take on the matter. Yeah, look, I don't think that what the, the economist said is, is particularly original or or, um, or wasn't um, discussed by many people. I mean, it, it is and was, um, because at the heart of much of what government action should be about, it's got to be carbon reduction, not adding to what's there, not even... Um, not adding to what's there because it's, it's 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 built up and the effects are still to be felt it's it's reducing it so that you get back to that pre-industrial or keep it below 
the rise which has occurred since its pre-industrial average, um, which, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a historical sense, uh, as you, I know you're aware, Natasha, you know, in a planetary historical sense, the, the, the climate change has always been with us. Uh, we've had a remarkable period of uh, climate stability uh, over the last few million years, which has allowed um, the, the kind of development of the species uh, of which we are a part. Uh, and and so we we need to we need to ensure that human action doesn't really cause problems for us. I mean, I think the planet, by the way, will be fine. Mm. Um, it's just it's just us that's going to be impacted by these extreme conditions because of the way we live on the planet, and whether we you know we 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 need to adapt to. The damage that we have caused, but also uh, mitigate what happens next. Mm -hmm. But I guess part of the confusion perhaps comes around there being quite a lot of different methods to uh, try and decarbonize portfolios, for example. Um, are there ones that you're seeing that you think are kind of best practice, good approaches, things that can provide a bit more of this clarity to people yeah again that's that's a, that's a great point um i think we're still at the point of developing best practices so i think that uh, there isn't a settled uh, pathway i think that um the fact that we're discussing what the approach about carbon should be is a sign that we haven't got a view which is agreed by everyone yet that um, it's still up for grabs how we approach this and where we end up with it. But it seems to me and many others that if uh, the release of carbon into the atmosphere is the, the issue which has created more extreme weather conditions and will have long-term effects, um, which have not yet come through, then it's got to be about adapting to the damage that's been caused and mitigating the effects of what we've seen so far, um, which means or mitigating any more further release of carbon and reversing the carbon so that we're not releasing, we're taking out. Um, and then that means we need to focus on what that does mean for investment and, and, and what's the supply chain that leads into that and, and what industries does that mean uh, and what sectors does that mean and what mechanisms do you need to regulate this, to measure it, to monitor it. Um, and I think that um, the phrase carbon uh, reduction should be at the center of every decision, um, policy decision, investment decision. Uh, I think I think is a good approach, but it is still seen as a novel approach and it's still seen as new. So I think we've got a long, long way to go before we get to that point. Having said that, in embryonic form, there are all sorts of um, organizations or sectors or, or, or pressure groups that have already been set up to look at this, like the Glasgow Finance Initiative, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, when when, when uh, the climate change conference was held in Glasgow um, about how finance should be corralled into to being part of the solution. And uh, and I'm going on a bit, uh, and apologies for that, but uh, just just to answer your question, I think that there is some 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 uh, 
initiatives out there. You know, so I think that the Bank of International Settlements and central banks and others around the world have got together and they said, look, this is the sort of thing we should do. We should change the regulatory framework. We should make it more easy to do it. We should change the risk capital weighting so that firms, investors are rewarded. Uh, banks are rewarded effectively for investing in carbon reducing technologies or, or mitigations or adaptations by having a lower cost of capital attached to loans that are reducing carbon in the atmosphere and are seen as a good thing. Um, so I think those things are now getting to the point where they're going to be either implemented or close to implementation and discussions around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen a lot of of initiatives, like you say, obviously GFANS and like Climate Action 100 plus, those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, exactly. they kind of get um, uh, criticism from both sides, really. You know, some groups saying that they are not having a strong enough line and some of them saying they're sort of taking too strong a line on this or, or going too fast or whatever it is where do you sit in that sort of spectrum of views on those uh groups i mean if you have an opinion i do have an opinion i, I mean i think I mean, those are the opinions we should have they're the, they're, the, they're the polarizing things of the day really we should have an opinion on these things right um because um uh, there's only one planet Earth, as far as I'm aware of, <laughs> and and uh, and we live on it. So um, I I think that if our actions are leading to damaging it, then we we've got to to, to seriously debate all of the issues around it. Um, and 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 obviously that's why this podcast exists, and so we're all doing that. Uh, but to to your direct point, Natasha, I think that. Um, I don't know if it's partly political, if it's been politicized, or it's always it's politics is everywhere. And I, and I mean that in a, in a broader sense of this politics, politics. I mean, politics is just the way human beings interact about decision making, and that's that's fine. That differences of opinion and so forth. Um, but I, I mean, I do think there's some. You know, there are still those who deny that these effects are real, and that we should. And some of them do it because it's an ideological. Some do it because there is an economic point that they make, though. And I have to be be clear on this one so i'm not dismissing all of these points right there is a legitimate point to say a point of view at any rate which says that look the cost of taking strong action today will be too high because we don't have the technologies yet to be able to pay for this stuff without spending lots of money which could be spent more usefully on improving people's lives like um um, clean water, more access to food, you know, shelter. Um, there are lots of poor people, even in so-called rich societies. You just you see it, right? You know, tent cities in San Francisco and New York, for crying out loud. So, I mean, you know, it's the richest country in the world, but, you know, there are people that live in, uh, you know, parts of it of, 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 of kind of conditions that you find in the so-called third world. Um, so so it's by no means uniform what the approach to this should be yet because as i said if you're spending lots of money on and and subsidies on these things then you're not spending money on these other cru crucial things too and i think that that is a legitimate point in other words there's a balance to be struck about how much you force this through how, how much cost you impose on consumers and businesses uh um but that said i think it's legitimate in my view to say that uh the embryonic technologies are there, we should encourage them. Um, but at the same time, the debate about what it's going to cost, who's going to pay for it, is a legitimate debate that needs to be heard. Who is going to pay for it? How? 
do we pay for it through taxation uh who gets taxed can it afford to pay the tax should it but the point is it should be on the you know we all know it should be on the broader shoulders it should be and so on so i think this is the debate we should have so i think it's a legitimate part of the debate mm-hmm. the long yeah. way of coming back to that <laughs> apologies well let, let's take one of those um embryonic technologies uh carbon capture and storage it was bigged up a lot in the last budget in the uk um but i mean this it's it's not really there's not a lot of it out there yet right uh i mean what yeah and i don't know if it i don't know if it works either right no, yeah. that's the other thing i don't personally i don't think it does i don't think that is the solution okay so it's saying if, if i may say so it's saying to it's saying let's 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 just keep reducing the carbon we'll just capture it instead well really really that's not that's that to me is um yeah it's a bit of a cop-out yeah so yeah and i I don't think the technology works what do you think the uk government could be pushing instead what would be a better (laughs) policy line (laughs) well look some of some of what I suggest will be slightly controversial, I suspect. But I I think um, you know energy. There's lots of it's adaptation and it's mitigation. Mm. We've got to adapt. We've got to mitigate too, and they're two different things. Um, you know, so I think that um, we should be doing. We should be able to like, walk and chew gum, so we can do more than one thing at the same time. Okay, yeah. we mitigate and adapt. Just do it all. Okay. Um, so I know we've set aside who pays for it, but I think it's key. So poor households should not be made to pay for this. Mm-hmm. And there should be credits for those who can't afford to pay so that they don't actually contribute and they get the money back from, say, a tax on fuel or a tax on, on, on households that are paying for making houses less leaky. Uh, UK houses are very leaky. There needs to be lots of money spent um, retrofitting them. Council homes and those those in low income can't afford to retrofit them because it will save so much uh, in terms of uh, energy that is expended because of just leaky buildings that you then need to do less on um, uh, on the energy side. So we reduce their energy output simply by making homes less leaky, which means that there's there's less pressure to have to uh you know use use energy sources that aren't clean i think we should we should absolutely go nuclear uh i think uh i i, I don't see why we i think it's a visceral kind of instinctive kind of reaction that that's that's built up over the years and and, and i don't think that 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 it, it actually uh stands up to scrutiny um it's one of the things i did say at the conference that um uh nuclear produces uh energy which is carbon neutral that's it i mean and it's it's actually less um damaging it it, 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 there's far fewer fatalities per hour of energy released from that source than any others including wind and, and solar and i also think by the way that um we 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 the 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 energy that that we need in 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 the technologies that that um produce um less carbon in the atmosphere and electric um some of the minerals in that are actually themselves quite dirty and and and, and affect the environment when you're trying to clean them up and so on and so forth so this is not a simple thing to do um 
So I, I think, yeah, we need to have all sorts of different approaches to it um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and test these technologies against, against you know, the, the, the reality um, of what we, we can do um, and, and support the technologies of the future, which, which may be able to make a difference. Um, and I think the good news is that the pace of change is so fast that it allows us to be able to hopefully do that with technologies that will make uh, carbon reduction and more efficient energy um, and uh, the supply chain less carbon intensive. Um, we should make what we eat clearer about what the carbon effect of it is. Uh, we should reward good behavior, your carbon reducing behavior, punish better behavior through taxation and and, and so forth, and, and it becomes embedded in society, um, um, just just the, in the same way that, uh, you know, calories in food are clear. I think we should be clear about what the effects of uh, carbon is in the menu that you're eating and, and so on and so forth. And, and actually, here's the amazing thing you see, Natasha, we can do that. You know, you go on the internet, there'll be firms that will say, we can tell you what your supply chain, if you're a firm, who are your suppliers? You put in all the details and it'll come back and say, this is how much carbon they're doing. And this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that the, the the kind of background mechanisms that you need to be able to understand it is now there and rapidly evolving. So the world is not standing still. And I think that's the good news. Battery technology, you know, it's, it's very well having solar and wind, but how do you, how do you store it um, for when the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine and, and all of those things. But you need to do that as well as the other things that I'm talking about too, you know, like, go nuclear but modular designs and i mean i i think there's lots of lots of so many uh, ideas and solutions and i think we just need we need this understanding of, of what we are doing and where we're trying to get to which i think does come back to this debate about is it real how do we pay for it who's going to pay for it and be transparent about it mm -hmm. yeah well i mean to 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 go on that and also to pick up on, on something you said a bit earlier um you know who's going to pay for it so clearly there are a lot of um esg initiatives sustainable funds responsible investment strategies all these kind of things going on but at the pace that seems to be needed um you know so the inflation reduction act was unveiled almost a year ago and there's been a lot of positivity around that but you know managers tell us they're not really changing their portfolios to reflect it in any way similarly you hear blended finance being quite an impactful solution for kind of sustainable investing in emerging markets but there's like they're struggling to attract private capital to that so how how do we actually get private finance to be moving into these areas doing these things and being some of the ones paying for it i guess yeah, yeah, and, and and I think that's 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 absolutely the key question um, on the in responsible on the investment side. Yeah, um, what are you incentivize? And the, the obviously the obvious reason's got to be quite a profit motive. They're going to make more money from it. They're going to get tax incentives, uh, or there's higher returns from investing in these things. I mean, that's that's how the investment landscape works. You know, I've got some money. Um, got some spare surplus capital. Um, I um, want to return from that capital, and um, you need uh, ideas uh, from those who have business plans to how they could use this money uh, in a way which gives them a return 
sufficient for them to be able to repay the loans that they've borrowed. Um, and so for me, always simple minded. So I take it back to that and say, right. So the returns on these investments have to be profitable. There have to be a business imperative. There has to be a business argument for doing it. And I think the business argument for adaptation and for um, investing in new technologies or technologies which are becoming more proven uh, is that they're going to give you higher returns. And they're going to give you higher returns, I think, because um, A, they may have a, a, this, this incentive, the subsidy incentive, i.e. Um, the, um, the rules of the game being laid by regulators, the pathway to having uh, better returns net of tax are also put in place by the authorities who say, if you invest in these, then uh, you get um, maybe reclaim more uh, of your capital uh, that is invested in it. Uh, and the lenders get a, a lower um, uh, set aside, i.e. a lower um, um, capital uh, ratio attached to it. Um, the, the the core investors see that uh, the whole supply chain is beginning to 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 happen, which is what I think the the, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and Chips Act in the U.S. will do. By the way, um, it is it is an industrial policy. Um, it is beginning, um, but um, it it's 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 at the, the early stage, uh, and I think that it is a game changer. Uh, and uh, it will clearly, it will, will release trillions of, of, of dollars of, of private investment. Um, the businesses that are, are obviously going to do that uh, are just beginning to react to it. So, uh, for example, um, the, the, the search for rare earths, um, you know, um, the 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 necessary ingredients in 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 the batteries um but also uh the businesses that flow out of it the the electric cars the electric airlines the electric taxis the flying taxis right um the electric trains and boats and so forth i mean those things are still not yet there mm. um but they're firms that are beavering away at it so I think that we shouldn't think that it's not happening because we're not seeing some kind of obvious success story. Mm. I think that we are at the formation stage, Natasha, and I think that there's a lot going on. Um, and um, yeah, it's exciting time if you if if, if to 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 uh, to be in this investment universe. It seems to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's just a, a matter of time then? It is purely a matter of time. I think mm -hmm. that what, ne what needs to be done is to set the structures in place. And I think that is now being done. The regulatory yeah. framework, the banking framework, um, the rules of the game, um, um, the, the tax structure, um, the government money that begins to uh, kickstart the process. Um, that, that, that I think is now there. there, there, there you know, there is an issue about do you need an industrial policy? Do you want? And I think the game, you know, so so those who are more are more free market bent uh, would argue that look, they don't you don't need governments to kickstart this thing off. If businesses aren't doing it, then then it's not profitable. But then they they don't un those who say that don't understand the history of 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 growth and development. You know, um, sometimes you need government money. You absolutely do to do what's called public goods. Mm -hmm. um, and then the provision of all the services that come off those public provisions 
the roads that make it possible for more, more activity to take place might be built by public money initially. You know, they're not necessarily built by private money. I mean, that's just that's just those who don't understand economic history think that. Um, you know, the, the regulations around why you need, you know, the gauge of the railways to be the same, you know, why you need the rules of how some things that are integral to certain industries have to be formatted in a way, which means that, you know, there aren't a hundred different designs and styles because you're not going to have a platform through which you can plug and play. I mean, you know, all of these things are just, are just to me, obvious. But um, yeah, so I, 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 I think that... Um, we shouldn't be fooled by the fact that the industrial, the Inflation Reduction Act (IRA) um, hasn't um, doesn't seem to have had any effect yet. It will. It's just building up. Mm -hmm. um, the whole supply chain um, is is happening. And then, as I said as well, okay, there is all this the adaptation thing too, right? You know, we need cities to be transformed, right? You need pavements that that don't just have water running off, that absorb it somehow, that channel it. You know, I mean, I, I and buildings that are that 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 uh, are more environmentally friendly, they're retrofitting. So I think there is a huge amount that's going to happen and beginning to happen. Mm -hmm. OK. The question actually is, if I may say so, um, a partly where the money is coming from, where are the people coming from to do all this work? Mm. Um, and the opportunity for the technology to make these things easier, faster, cheaper too i think it's huge opportunities mm -hmm. but yeah. it is still early days okay um well let's talk a little bit just to finish off about uh cop 28 this year if we can um as we we will be going out there again and, and covering that um i mean it's another one of these things where every year yeah. you kind of feel like you you do want to get some of those um big good good news stories out of it and um not just kind of have the impression that it's it's all ticking away slowly in the background but maybe that's actually the real work being done so um yeah it's kind of similar similar in that sense but what 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 are you kind of looking out for at cop this year um and what do you expect might come out of it yeah i mean first of all isn't it really interesting that um it's in a oil producing country mm. uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> um i suppose look you know Truth is, of course, you need you need before you could transition um, to these other forms. You need you need oil in anyway. All those other other products that come off it too, and plastics and, uh, and some crucial stuff uh, that's that's produced from it as well, other than just just energy. But um, yeah, I think I think number one, I think it's really fascinating that it seems to be that uh, that 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 um, it, it's happening in a, uh, a country which is a, is a major oil exporter um and, and not, not that free either um um that's it's all fascinating i think the political economy of this if i may say so natasha mm -hmm. um on the on the actual um so the pledges about uh, i think there's some really interesting stuff going on so this this year we've got uh el nino so we're going to have a warming of temperatures globally because of what's happening in the that part of the world um southern um uh, temperatures they're going to rise uh eastern southern winds and wind. and then uh so so i think the backdrop to that that conference is over the next couple of years if uh only no uh, uh persists which it looks like it might then we're going to see some some pretty high temperatures in places that are already hot they'll be hotter 
uh, in places that were um, prone to floods and so forth, there will be more of them. Um, so that's what seems what's, what's going to happen. So the backdrop to that, I think, is going to be an intensification of uh, concern about um, the effects of it, uh, climate change. Um, and um, and then it, it, what it exposes, what I'm trying to get to is that it exposes part of what COP, the COP sort of done over the last three COPs, which is to make pledges to those countries in the developing world um, or uh, lower income economies that are going to be badly affected by this um, and that um, they're going to help them to mitigate the effects of it by, you know, maybe moving moving off islands that, that they're going to be flooded and uh, and to help with the cost perhaps of flood defenses and, and all of those things that help you to 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 um, to adapt and mitigate um, and and I think that that's going to come to the fore because of the temperature effect that we're going to get from the way that the uh, the winds and the temperatures have shifted that will have a global impact and amplify mm -hmm. some of the worries about this um, so I think that that's one point to make about that COP the other point to make, uh, so it'll expose the pledges that are made about the money that's been actually made available. I think that's that's the key point. There's going to be a political economy point about all of this. And then I think the other point about this is, is probably going to be, is it being hijacked by actually oil and, uh, and fossil producing companies and countries that are making it appear that they are uh, ESG, but aren't really? Uh, I think there's going to be a debate about that too, and I mean, yeah. and a real look at what is what is coming out of this conference. So the the, the G fan, you know, is there, is, is there going to be more on that? There has to be more on that. Uh, it's going to be more talk about um, how you actually do it, uh, and and the money that maybe put 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 uh, forward for it. Yeah, so I think it's it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating cop. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it will be a definitely an interesting one. Yeah, and and as I said, look look for the temperatures to uh, to. It's going to be wetter where it's wetter, and it's going to be hotter where it's hotter, and that's yeah. you know that's going to be given a real you know boost up in a negative way by yeah. by by um, by the way that we're gonna we shifted uh, from uh, to we know uh, in uh, in um, that part of the world in Asia. Mm -hmm. And they'll have global effects. So uh, I think there's some fascinating um, debates that are going to occur as a result of that. And it might last a few years as well. So, yeah, yeah it's going to bring it home, I think. Yeah. And then well, there's even the migration effects of this and the risks that it poses as well. So there's going to be politics around this as well, Natasha, as well as the economics around it. Um, and the, what do these conferences actually do? Um, are they just you know talking shops? What, what you know what they, when people walk away from this, what what do they actually put into effect? I think yeah, but they, it's useful. You know what it also shows something else. It seems to me, and I think this is partly why you know it's still a talking shop, but but it might be a useful one because what it shows is you can't solve this problem. No country can solve this problem on their own. You know, globally we have to cooperate. Yeah, I mean in a fractious world, it's clear that there are some things that you have to cooperate. About. yeah and you know even if that means i suppose bringing those oil exporting countries to the table right yeah exactly so, yeah. yeah and you need china and you need the u.s it needs the u.s and it needs russia and, and it needs everyone yeah, yeah. despite the the issues that they clearly are mm -hmm. um well, so well, i think uh, it overlays that too um yeah 
we'll have to catch up with you again afterwards and uh, see how it all went. Get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, happy, happy to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think along the points you, I mean, you raised the good one about the, the, the finance and, and what the investors, what the returns are going to be, and where is it going to come from, and what mechanism can they? And I think that's what it now needs. You know, it needs those things. It needs to be a clear path for, and it, you also need for investors to um, be able to deploy funds that if it gave them a better return, they would be more than happy to do. You need the businesses there asking them for the money, bidding mm. for the money. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, because this is still at the early stages, perhaps there aren't enough firms that are actually going to be doing some of this that, 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 that makes this, uh, these, these investments um, at, at the moment profitable enough for enough money to be deployed. But I think it is coming. For sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a dead story at all. I think we have to continue to focus on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for your for your thoughts today and your insights. And thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Find us on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching for ESG Out Loud.